guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. Hi everyone, today on the podcast we have the lovely Leah of the popular food blog and Instagram page Leah's Plate. Leah shares her delicious and healthy recipes to her dedicated followers, offering vegan, gluten-free, and paleo options. She creates nourishing and healthy recipes for all types of eaters. Leah shares her courageous personal journey about leaving New York City in pursuit of her own happiness, discovering her passion for creating simple, easy-to-make, healthy dishes, and her passion for sharing that with others. She is also a mom of two and shares her journey in motherhood and nourishing her little ones as well. We hope you enjoy the episode. Let us know if you give any of her recipes a try. We certainly will. Welcome, Leah. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Just to start, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got interested in health and food, or was it something you were always interested in? Sure. Um, No, I'd say I got interested in health when I moved from New York to South Florida, and we could talk about that (laughs) more later, but um, I really made the move because I didn't feel like... I was happy with the way that I was living in New York and, you know, I was going out for big late dinners every night and I kind of woke up feeling like crap every day and I didn't have a lot of energy and I decided to make a whole lifestyle change. I moved to South Florida and like day one of my move, I just changed the way that I ate and I became more active and I immediately felt not even physically. I mean, of course, physically I felt better, but mentally I felt like so much better Mm. and I knew like this needs to be you know, a lifestyle change forever, not just to like lose weight or a quick fix. Like I just want to feel this way always. Mm. And that's where it started. Was your move part of like, was part of the reason and the motivation for your move, the lifestyle change? Yes, definitely. Because I feel like there was too many temptations in New York. Um, You know, and it was also I, you know, grew up in the Northeast and I wanted to change, but with New York, it was, no one really like was cooking in their kitchen. Everyone wanted to go out to dinner and all of my friends were like, how's 10 PM for dinner? You know, it was, and, and I wanted to be doing all that. And I just felt like if I was in South Florida where I had a lot of friends, um, you know, I'd be like making my own meals in my kitchen and just everything about the lifestyle I felt for me personally would be healthier and better for me. And some people are just, you know, are able to do that in New York. I couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. So did you always, did you grow up like cooking? Did you grow up eating relatively healthy or when you came here, was it 
kind of starting from zero. I'd say growing up I wasn't unhealthy, but I wasn't healthy. I was probably just like the average kid, you know, peanut butter and jelly on white bread. (laughs) (laughs) um, I didn't like love fried food or fast food. I ate it, but it's not like I like lived off Mm -hmm. of that. And then, you know, in college, I definitely had, you know, my late night pizza binges and, you know, drank too much and wasn't that healthy in college. But I'd say toward the end of college, my motivation in college was more to be skinny and lose Mm -hmm. weight, where now it has nothing to do with that. It's, I want to feel good. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting part of wellness in general and how it's changed so much in 2018 is healthy and skinny. It doesn't have to be the same thing, right? It's like, it's of course we want to look good and feel good. And I don't think thin or skinny is a bad word at all. But healthy is something I don't think yeah. was necessarily the focus when I was a teenager or no. In it was about like lose. You were eating healthy to lose weight or to be skinny. It wasn't just you know to be healthy. Um, right. And I'd say that changed in the last like five years, maybe yeah. because even three years ago, after you know the birth of my first child, I wanted to lose weight. Of course, I was already healthy, but I had this real motivation to get my body back and be skinny. Um, I was eating healthy anyway, but that was still in the back of my mind was like, I want to be my pre-baby weight. Mm. And now with my second daughter, I'm not really concerned about being my pre-baby weight. I'm just like, I know I'm eating healthy. I feel good Mm. and I'm content with that. And I'm a few pounds heavier, but like maybe it'll come off one day maybe it won't, but I feel good and that's all that matters. Mm. Right. That's the new barometer is like how you feel, not, not like a number. Yeah, and I know I'm, like, nourishing my body with, you know, whole foods and, you know, I'm eating right and I'm as active as I can be with having a Mm -hmm. baby. So Um, I think I read on your blog that cooking and I think yoga became a form of self-care for you. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how it was (laughs) self-care? Yeah, I feel like cooking is therapeutic for me. Um, just like being in the kitchen, listening to some music and cooking. And there's just something really nice about making your own food. And when you sit down to eat it, there's that like satisfaction. I made this or, you know, I know everything that's going into my meals um, and the ingredients like in a restaurant, you don't know what oil they're cooking with or anything like that. But, and yeah, yoga just, um, I do that more for my mental health than my physical. Mm. Like, yes, I want to move my body every day. And yes, my body feels so good after, Um, but mentally I just leave there feeling like a million pounds later, Mm -hmm. mentally, like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. I wish I had more time to do (laughs) yoga right now. (laughs) Yeah. How do you balance that with two little ones? I don't (laughs) No, But, um, you know, if I could get to like one class a week to me, that's good right now. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to do yoga every day. If I could, I would, but I tell myself that, you know, my kids are only young once and right now, you know, they're my priority and being with them is priority. And before I know it, my littlest one, I plan on sending her to preschool and she's like two. Mm. So I'm like, I could go every day when she, in, you know, less than two years from now. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I go when I can. When my husband's home on a Saturday and Sunday, I'll sneak out to a class. Or if I ever manage to wake up early enough in the morning on a weekday while he's still home, I can get out to a class. Um, So I think that's pretty amazing honestly your whole journey from New York fast-paced life realizing it wasn't serving you and then having the courage to really make that change and come to South Florida and find 
what made you happy. Um, I think it's very courageous and I think it's something that a lot of people are scared to do. Was there any sort of, was it just like, I have to make a change or was there anything that helped in your courageous step towards Yeah, well, let me say it did help that. I went to college in Florida, so a lot of my friends from college were living in South Florida. So that was comforting to know that. I I mean, I did want to meet new people, but that I didn't have to. Like, I had friends. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't go into it saying I'm going to move here forever because I do love New York and – I thought I would miss it. And I said, let me just go for a year. And I just told myself I'm doing this for one year. I had nothing going on for me in New York at the time. I was kind of in a dead end job situation. Um, You know, I didn't have a boyfriend. There was just nothing keeping me there. So I said, I'll move to Florida for a year. And if I like it, great, I'll stay. And if I don't, I'll move back to New York. Or honestly, I would think about LA too. So I think knowing that it wasn't permanent and it's like, hey, I'm just checking something out for a year. And in my head, I kept it so casual. Mm. And I think that made it so easy. I signed a one-year lease and I knew like, (laughs) you know, that's it. So then too, um, how did you make the transition from, okay, now you're in Florida, now you're enjoying your life, you're cooking, you're doing yoga, you feel fulfilled and happy. How do you transition to the blog and the Instagram? And It actually went hand in hand. Um, I just was starting to follow, I guess Instagram was becoming really popular then, especially mm-hmm. like food accounts. So I was really into following all these like healthy food accounts and getting inspiration from them. And, um, you know, I was making these healthy meals and plating it nicely. And I just for myself was like taking pictures of it. I'm like, why not just, you know, create an account to share this. And um, so I didn't have any intention of it ever becoming anything. Because mm. at that time, accounts really like weren't, you know, businesses or of course anything like that. Um, I just wanted to like inspire other people. And for me, it was just like a creative outlet. So I just started it really as like a fun hobby really and and then I started the blog maybe a year later um Mm. when I was pregnant with my first daughter because I wasn't working anymore at the time and I needed something to do while I was waiting (laughs) for the baby to come so the blog was kind of you know started there and then it started becoming successful like as soon as my daughter was born so the (laughs) timing was not the best but you know I made it work that's so great do you remember that moment when you were like oh, maybe this is, like, a little bit bigger than just a hobby. When brands started, like, emailing me, it started with them wanting to send me, like, their product. And at that time, I was like, this is so great. I'm getting, like, free bags of granola and peanut butter. (laughs) Like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then um, I didn't even know people were, like, working with brands, you Mm -hmm. know. And then I started hearing about that. And at the time, I thought my following, you know, was too low to charge anything. And then, you know, as – my page views and everything was growing I decided you know it can't hurt to ask and at the time if the brand said no I still would have been like sure send me your products and I'll post about it but it was just kind of one of those things like let me ask and I charged like nothing it was just you know and it it started there and so I think once I started making even a little bit of money from um, creating recipes for brands that's when I realized like okay I could actually turn this into something where I can make money and eat. Like I was really motivated to do it because I wanted to be home with my daughter. Mm. Um, so the fact that I could like do this from home and so incredible be with my kid, that was like so motivating. Mm. That's so exciting. 
So how do you get how do you get inspiration now for creating new recipes? Um, you know, like you said, it's a creative outlet for you, and I'm sure you draw inspiration from all the you know the recipes and the people that you follow as well. But what sort of motivates you to create something new? So what I love doing is finding recipes that I like, or even things that I used to love as a kid that weren't as healthy, um, and trying to make a healthy version of it, like something as basic as like a snickerdoodle cookie this time of year. Um, you know, it's made with sugar and white flour and, you know, making it vegan for, I'm not vegan, um, but I, I do create some vegan recipes. Um, and I do eat vegan probably like 70% of the time I'd say. But anyway, like making a vegan version of that cookie or a paleo version um, or just a healthier version and doing that with a lot of, you know, things, not even just baked goods, just even making a salad look pretty just you know and sometimes just scrolling through my Instagram feed gives me inspiration yeah that's so amazing too because I think so many times it's so scary to be like oh I'm gonna eat healthier because that means I have to sacrifice taste or nostalgia I mean food yeah. is so even if you're not an emotional eater you don't have any emotional ties to food you know there's that cookie that reminds you of you know being a child in yeah. the winter or whatever, but it is so wonderful that there are sources like your blog and your Instagram page that show you it can be really delicious and not so hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I try to like prove that to friends and family that are like, oh, like eating healthy <laughs> is like so boring or like, ew, that must taste like cardboard. And I try to like prove to people like, just because this is healthy doesn't mean that it tastes like cardboard yeah. or something, you know, it, it could still be delicious and flavorful. Well, because I feel like 10 years ago, or even when more than that, I was going to say, when we were growing up, um, I remember going to the health food store, you know, like the little health food stores in New Jersey that they had. It was like before, it was like when Whole Foods was fresh fields. Like it was like way before it was like sort of a national thing. And so it was not as mainstream, this idea of like, healthier, accessible, healthier food. And I remember going and like everything always smelled weird in like those old health food stores, you know, like, and all the crackers actually looked like cardboard. And so like people who were only exposed to that have no, like, have no idea that we also were being taught things about healthy eating that were just flat out wrong. Like whether it's through like government subsidized programs or whatever, like the old food pyramid, and I just think it's like if that's the, someone's only exposure to the idea of like health, healthy food, food that's good for you, then there's going to be that automatic like, uh, but, it you know, there is no taste or there is no. And it's like there's not actually these days, there's not really restriction in making good choices. People just aren't aware of that, you know? And I think something like your, like blogs and Instagram makes it more accessible to people. Yeah. And I think that the food industry has come a long way in the past five, 10 years with mm. brands creating products that are healthy and also actually really delicious. So mm. people, like we were talking about people's thinking mm. and train of thought has come a long way. Yeah. I think that healthy products have come such a long way. And yeah. you also really care about like the ingredients because yes. a lot of times like healthy foods might not actually be oh healthy. yeah they're marketed <laughs> they're marketed as healthy like I can't tell you how many times a day like I get 
an email from a brand saying that they want to send me this product to try and that it's they'll put like a healthy granola bar and I'm like oh great and I, I always take the time to look at the website and check out the ingredients and a few times I do find like a brand that I love that mm. I didn't know about I'm like this is amazing you know and I love these ingredients um but most of the time I look and it's like corn syrup solids and I'm like so you think your product's healthy mm. <laughs> like, and you know I I politely declined <laughs> And sometimes if they ask why, I give them my honest opinion. I'm like, you know, in my personal opinion, I don't find, like, you know, corn syrup solids to be considered a healthy ingredient. Mm. Yeah. So how did you start discovering what was, I guess, actually healthy? Because I think so many times, and I think that's what's so frustrating for so many people is, and we talk about this a lot too, is like people are trying to be healthy, right? Like yeah. they see the food regulations or they see baked or they see less fat, you know, and they think they're doing something that's nourishing and healthy for yeah. their body. But like you said, most of the time that healthy it's not food much better. is, yeah, it's just full of sugar or full of yeah. crap or full of really bad for you fillers. So how did you start researching what was good for you, for your children, and what advice would you have for people who want to get started on that? So I really just did my own research, and I suggest this for anyone, that if you don't know what something is, like we have Google nowadays, thank <laughs> God. I literally type it in on Google, and I always read a few articles, because really anyone could post anything yeah. these days. So I'll read like 10 different go to 10 different sites to make sure that I'm, you know, reading the right thing. And, um, and I try to make sure they're credible sites. But, um, you know, I've really just done my own research through Google or, you know, there's some, you know, now like um, nutritionists or dietitians that I follow that I really trust. And, you know, I, you know, have read books and really mm. it's just all self-taught though. And it takes time. Like my friends still reach out to me and are like, what's this ingredient? Is this good for you? You know? And they ask me just because they know I've, like, done my research for the past yeah. few years. But if you're just getting into it, it's not something you're going to learn overnight. It takes a while of just researching it yourself and learning. Yeah, that's so true. I also say to friends, because I feel like I'm starting to get that, too, with family, like, texting me or FaceTiming me about this or this. And I'm like, if, if you don't know what it is, like, if you've never heard of it before... <laughs> chances are it's not a food, right? Like chances are it's like created in a lab. And so, I mean, just using common sense about that, like how much, if you don't even know what it is, like how much do you want to consume of it? If it's not something that's like, you know, if it's apple or if it's coconut oil, like you understand what it is. You know what it is, exactly. And I think that people are you know, need to be more aware of like sugar intake mm-hmm. because a lot of brands like sneak it in, like it could be listed as inulin and someone doesn't know what that is. Like yeah. I do just cause I did research, but, um, you know, there's like 20 different words for sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Sugar so, is so it's yeah. so we just, yeah. Sugar is very, yeah. It's in everything. <laughs> yeah. And even like I'm, I'm still cautious about, like, I don't want to eat too much sugar in a day. And even if it's I, – I consider honey and maple syrup two, like, of the healthier forms of, of sugar. Course. And yeah. I bake with them. Like, I like honey and maple syrup, but I also am aware of, like, how much I'm eating of it. Like, a bar could still have 
30 grams of sugar in it and it could be from honey but I'm like that's a lot of sugar for like one bar yeah you know so I'm still like aware of it and some days I'm like you know what it's fine I'm gonna eat it like yeah. it's not like I don't I'm, I'm just aware yeah it is it's so important to I was listening to I think it was a podcast with do you guys know who Candice Kumai is yeah yeah do you know yeah so I love her and I was listening to a podcast and someone was asking her like well it's not easy or this takes so much time or, you know, like, how do you make it easy? And it's not that it's it's particularly hard. It just takes time to do that yeah. research. But she was like, you just have to make the time, you know? Yeah, and health. it's so interesting because now um, our phones, like, beautifully tell us how much time we spend on Instagram and social media. Yes. So fun. But, um, you know, I, you know, um, People have more time than they think they do. Like, oh, yeah. even myself, I looked, it was like two and a half hours on Instagram. And I was like, oh, that's so horrifying. But whenever yeah. I say, oh, I don't have the time, well, clearly you I had do. two and a half hours yeah. today to scroll and post and comment. So I can take 30 minutes to Google an ingredient or, yeah. or five much. minutes to Google an ingredient. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot of work in the, like, quote unquote work in the world that we live in. But, you know, it's just the reality of the world that we live in. And if we want to be educated consumers, that takes some, um, it takes a little bit of like digging. And um, we've, you know, we've interviewed a handful of um, CEOs or founders of companies and brands that we've spoken to who are really committed to having integrity with their, both the, the way they source their products, um, the ingredients for their products, you know, and I said, you know, brands like that oftentimes are more expensive because they don't get subsidized like the corn industry, right? Where like, it's so cheap and, and other brands like put it in every single in every single product. But if you can do some preliminary research that you know you trust a brand, yeah. then and that they have integrity as a brand, then whatever that brand puts out, you can then like put your trust in them. Oh, and I definitely have brands like that that now when they come out with a new product, I like I mean I do look at the ingredients just out of curiosity, but like I know they're gonna be good quality ingredients. Like mm. for example, like Siete mm. foods. Love. Like it started with their <laughs> chips or tortillas and love. It, yeah. The, their ingredients are amazing. And now, you know, they came out with like their queso and I was like, I without even reading these ingredients, I know that this company is only gonna put good yeah. quality ingredients in there. And of course they did. Like anything they come out with now, I just know it's clean, good food. Yeah. And in that same way I think that food influencers like yourself who care about this who you know you can yeah. trust or if you're blogging or posting about a brand because you care about the ingredients that you're feeding yourself yeah. and your children and promoting to your followers that is so comforting I think for me as someone who like follows and takes your advice to be like oh I can trust this so. yeah and that's another thing like if I mean I I agree that everyone has time to do research, but if you don't, like, at least follow some people on Instagram that you know you can trust, that they're only going to post about brands that are good quality yeah. brands, um, and then you could say, like, you know, there's this person posting about this brand, it must be good. Yeah. And, you know, and that's why I also discover brands is by following people, and someone posts about a brand, and I trust that person, I'm like, wow, what's this brand? It must be great <laughs> if this girl's posting about it, yeah. you know? And, um, 
And I, I just want everyone to know that I would never take on a paid partnership with a brand that I didn't like really trust myself or consume myself. And then also there's a lot of my posts have nothing to do with, you know, paid promotions. Yeah. It's just brands that I genuinely love and I want to share that with my followers. Mm. What are some of your favorite brands to either use or work with or, um, or even just cook with for you and your family? So I'll do to just cook with and use, <laughs> um, uh, Siete Foods, as I mentioned, um, purely Elizabeth, like I love her mm. granola. It's naturally sweetened with, um, I forget if it's honey or maple syrup or coconut sugar. I think she mm. does coconut sugar in a lot, but, um, like I said, like with the sugar, um, she's really good about not using a lot of it. Like mm. the sugar is, I like the source of sugar she uses and she, it's not loaded with sugar. It's like very minimal. Um, and it doesn't taste overly sweet. I love everything she does. Um, I also am obsessed with everything from Simple Mills. Mm. Like their pancake mixes, their muffins, their pizza, just like everything. And that is always like high quality, great ingredients. Mm. Um, so I'd have to say like those three brands I, I just really love. Mm. That's great. Um, as a mama of mm -hmm. two little girls, how do you, I guess, feed them and nourish them, but also teach them good food habits. I know they're young, yeah. but I know our food habits start really young, you know, our relationship yeah. with food. So from the beginning, I offer them, um, you know, just like how I would feed myself. Like if I'm not going to eat it, I wouldn't give it to them. Mm. Um, and I encourage everyone to like not buy baby food because mm. things that are listed for like babies or toddlers, I'm finding not all brands, but most um, are not that healthy. Yeah. The one brand that I recommend and love is Once Upon a Farm. They make like mm. little um, pouches of purees. So that I really love. Other than that, I try to make them all, you know, food. I make it in the kitchen myself and I kind of feed them. Well, not the six month old yet, Jordan, mm. but <laughs> my older daughter, like whatever I'm making for dinner, as long as it's not like hot or spicy, I pretty much just put it on her plate. Mm. Um, and I just continue to offer her healthy food. Like there's certain things she just won't eat, but I, it's exposure is key. So mm. I continue to offer it to her. And you know, now sometimes I'll see her like finally try something after a year, but it's like, mm. I've been putting it on her plate once a week for a year. And <laughs> Now she's like, I love broccoli and like picking up and eating it. So I think it's never giving up. Like a lot of parents will offer their kid broccoli twice. They won't eat it. And they say like, my kid doesn't like broccoli. And they, they mm. kind of never try it again. And I'm like, okay, like it took my daughter a year and mm. now she loves it. And I'm not to be in their face with it either. Like yeah. I'm not, I never say like eat the broccoli. Yeah. I literally put it on her plate and if she eats it, great. And if she doesn't, great. Like I'm so not pushy with food. And the same thing comes, like a lot of moms are like, oh, finish your food and trying to teach their kids to like clear their plate. And I'm like, no, I want my kids to know when they're full and trust that like natural instinct and be mm. in tune with that. So if they have three bites with their food, like I know they're not going to starve themselves. They'll mm. eat when they're hungry. And like, I let them eat, you know, how much they want to eat. Mm. So I never like push food on them. Mm. I love it's that. It's just building like a healthy relationship with food. Absolutely. Yeah. And just offering healthy things, like a lot of moms offer a healthy dinner and their kid doesn't eat it. So then they're like, okay, you didn't eat this. So now I'm going to give you, you know, um, chicken fingers. Not that I've never given my kid chicken fingers. Like I definitely have, <laughs> but, um, I think that it's just like, this is your dinner. And if you want to eat it and if not fine, but like, you're not getting, you know, a crappy option just because yeah. you didn't eat a healthy thing. And 
you know, if that's all you're offering is healthy food for the most part, um, I think your kid will be a healthy eater. And again, everything in balance. If we go to a birthday party, my daughter's going to have a piece of cake and I want her to be a normal human in this yeah. world. And I'm like, great, enjoy the cake. Cause I do too sometimes. Absolutely. And I think too, sometimes that's how that it's like you said, it's just about having a healthy relationship with food because yeah. if you can never have the cake or you can never have the ice cream, then your kid's just going to want cake and ice cream when they're at their friend's houses or, I never let her feel like make her feel deprived. And at school that, you know, she goes to, they give them snack time every day. I do not like the snacks that they give them. It's graham crackers and goldfish. Like I wouldn't feed her that at home, but like she gets it at school. It is what it is. And in my own home, I feed her healthy food. Yeah. You know, that's so beautiful. I think that's really great advice. And you know, it's someone who obviously like you're, a chef in your home, you're constantly cooking, you're constantly creating. And I imagine that, and I've seen this with kids as well. I don't have children of my own, but, um, some friends, kids, like at the earliest age, they had similar philosophies about feeding their children from like, I'm talking, you know, super young toddlers, two years old. I was seeing them eat like Persian food with different spices and things that they may not have been normally exposed to, like in a, what you want to call like a traditional American diet, but the kids' palates were so expansive and so not picky because they just did the same thing. They just sort of like gave them what they were eating. Yeah. And I'm a big they, And they were more adventurous as, as like little mini foodies, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's an account I love on Instagram. It's at OBabyNutrition. She also has a blog, but, you know, she um, gives her kid, like, fermented foods, which Mm. I would never even have thought to give to my daughter. It was just, like, automatically I was kind of like, oh, she wouldn't eat, like, sauerkraut. Mm. But, like, why? Like, you know? (laughs) And, like, so now with – I never did it with Emma, my older one, but with the younger one, I'm just going to, like, put it on her plate. Maybe Mm. she'll never like it, but, like, why not offer things like that? Bone broth, sauerkraut, things that you would never think to give a baby, but, like, you know. Why not? Yeah, you're just, like, expanding their palate, so. Mm. Yeah, especially after, like, a generation of us who, you know, I I was having a a conversation with a friend about this the other day, but, like, so many people that I know who are in their – uh, late twenties to early thirties kind of zone, um, are having these gut issues all of a sudden, right? Myself included. And we were, and Eric and I have talked about this. We were the generation of kids that were just pumped with antibiotics all the time. Um, at least I was definitely like constantly for ear infections and sinus infections and stuff. And, and we were also given like food with not a ton of nutritional, um, density and, you know, and it's not for our parents' lack of trying, you know, I think they all thought that they were doing a good job and doing what they thought was healthy, like we were talking about, but the idea of like developing a healthy gut and a healthy immune system from like an early age is, I don't know, it's so cool. And it's, I'm so happy that like now as our generation becomes parents, um, there's more of an awareness of that. Definitely. And I don't want to like get off topic, but it's something that I've been feeling so strongly about lately. And I actually haven't like discussed it on my Instagram or stories or blog or anything, but I just thought of Mm. it is like, I'd love to change the way that schools are like feeding our children. Mm. Like I toured a camp the other day and they're like, you know, where to send my older daughter this summer. 
And they're like, yeah, we provide lunch. Like we actually encourage parents not to send lunches. I'm like, great. Like, what do you give? And like, they showed me the cafeteria and it's like the worst, crappiest food. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, like, again, I'm like, not, I try not to be crazy with it. I'll let my daughter eat it. If she's going to go to camp there, if that's what all the kids are going to be eating. But like, why are we serving our kids? kids this horrible food that like we wouldn't eat ourselves um and even in schools like the preschool like they have snack time and just the snacks they're providing I'm like why not some like fresh cut up fruit or vegetables or even like you know if it's packaged food just healthier than what you're doing yeah no it's so important this is something we talk about a lot in different even not having kids, but just feeling passionate about like food accessibility because so many kids too are on free lunch or, you know, their school meal might be the only hot meal or nutritious meal that they get all day long. And we're not serving them nutrient dense food at all. And, um, it's really hard because, you know, that's, it's, it's really, I think that's great that you're passionate yeah. about that. And like, really I'd love important. to like make a change and I've been so busy with, you know, I have a six month old, so my <laughs> head's been like, you know, elsewhere. But once I have the time, like I'd love to really try to change that. And I know a lot of other people would be like right on board. Absolutely. And I want to say anyone that's a teacher that's listening, I know it's not like, <laughs> no, it's, it's not the not. teachers. Like, no, no, they're, you know, told like, here, this is what you give the kid for snack time. Yeah. Like, no, so I know it's not you guys. <laughs> totally. Cause it's, it's government funded yeah, yes. programs. And, and again, I think the world is changing. I think food is like the next big frontier actually like there's so many issues we have to you know work through and get through but I definitely think food is going to be a big conversation because as we are learning about you know even genetically modified foods right now it's a big thing no one wants to feed their kids GMOs and this that and the other so I think food and food revolution is going to be it's going to be the next big thing because I think we were, where did we hear this or talk about this? But, um, I think those little cardboard pizzas that they served at my high school cafeteria are like 12 cents a pizza. Yeah. And like one apple or vegetable, I think it's over a dollar. Like it's it's a crazy price discrepancy in, in the food for schools. So yeah, it's definitely not a teacher issue or anything. I think it's just the way it's just the way we think is healthy. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. so. I would just love to see that change in my lifetime. Like, I, these are children and they need, like, the nu- nutrients and the nourishment, like, more than anyone. And Absolutely. And we're feeding them, like, ho- crap. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Um, is your husband, too, on board with the healthy eating? He is. He is, like, definitely more since he met me. And <laughs> But he's, like, passionate about feeding our children mm-hmm. healthy too and it's like so nice to know that if I'm ever not around like if you know I'm out for a few hours one day like he wants them eating healthy as well and it's so nice to see and I don't even think he's doing it to make me mm-hmm. happy I think I just changed the way that he thinks yeah so and you know he he eats pretty healthy like he goes out to pick up lunch every day you know he's working and you know he on his own picks up like a pretty healthy meal most days mm-hmm. like he's not like going to get fast food. <laughs> so that's so awesome. That's yeah. so great that he's so supportive. And yeah. He, can be he is. A team. <laughs> he's, yeah. He like, and he, he's so supportive of me and like really encourages me to do what I do. And you know, I, he's definitely been such a great influence. Oh, that's so great. Do you have any, um, do you have any 
advice or any fun tips or just even simple tips for people maybe starting out with um, meal prep at home or cooking more for themselves? Like, especially in the new year, there's always a big push, you know, for healthy reset after the holidays. Can you give us any of your like advice for if someone who's like sort of new to that wants to incorporate more of it into their daily life? Yeah. So there's like no complicated recipes you have to make. I actually like don't make anything complicated because it just doesn't fit into my life right now. I don't have time. Mm. On a Sunday, I'll roast like a ton of vegetables, like sweet potato, butternut squash, you know, it's ever seasonal. So this time of the year, it's what I'm doing more of like the warming vegetables, um, zucchini, like a ton. Um, and then I keep those in the fridge throughout the week and then they're ready. So for dinner, like if I make a big pot of brown rice, I could add the vegetables into it. Quinoa, um, for lunch, I throw it over a salad, you know, and they're ready to go because if you're coming home hungry and you want dinner, you're not going to like wait an hour for a sweet potato roast. Mm -hmm. So it's so nice having all that done. I also make like a big batch of brown rice, quinoa, some hard boiled eggs to just like throw onto a salad or put in a sandwich. Um, and then it's just buying like things like avocado cause that mm. really like brings a meal together. Um, I'll even sometimes like buy the chicken already made, but I just make sure it's like a, an organic chicken, you know, and like I'll buy an organic rotisserie chicken and just shred it up. Mm. Um, so I think it's having quick, healthy, easy options, um, ready and just throwing it all together mm. as a meal. <laughs> what does a typical day of food look like for you? I, I wake up and I want something sweet um I'm not like a savory breakfast person Mm. I love eggs and avocado toast but that's lunch yeah (laughs) so it's either a smoothie oatmeal like a yogurt bowl with fruit um just something sweet but again I do like I am very like aware of my sugar intake so Mm. when I say sweet it's not like you know um throwing yeah (laughs) I mean like a smoothie that's sweet because I put a banana in it yeah And I also watch, like, the amount of fruit in my smoothies. Um, You know, some people put, like, a whole banana, a cup of strawberries, and a cup of blueberries. And that's, like, a lot. It is. So, not to say I never do that, but Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, I try to stick to, like, one to two servings of fruit Mm -hmm. if I'm doing a smoothie. Oatmeal, put, like, a handful of blueberries on it. But, yeah, that's breakfast. Lunch, um, like I said, I love, like, avocado toast and eggs, but that's lunch to me, not (laughs) breakfast. That is, like, my go-to easy meal. Mm. Um, Also, I just love, like, a big, good nourishing salad with, like, quinoa in it and some roasted vegetables and um, maybe some wild salmon or something or hard-boiled eggs on it. Um, Snack, I'll have, like, an apple with almond butter or hummus and vegetables. Or I mentioned Simple Mills before. They're crackers I'm, like, obsessed with. Or I bake, like, a batch of their muffins on a Sunday, and I'll have, like, a muffin. Um... Dinner, I'll do, like, a good wild fish with, like, a leafy vegetable and quinoa or brown rice or sweet potato. Um, I make pizza, but I use either um, Simple Mills Pizza Crust or the brand Cauliflower. Oh, yeah, So I good. Do. It's the cauliflower so good. Pizza. A lot of cauliflower pizzas aren't that healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one I love. Um, also, one of my go-to dinners that I love is a bowl of... Um, brown rice or quinoa pasta or use whole wheat if you're you know want that with like a homemade pesto I have a great recipe for a kale pesto on my blog it's dairy free with like a bunch of roasted vegetables in it that's like my favorite dinner in the world oh that sounds so delicious and I always end the day with chocolate like I need (laughs) a piece of chocolate and my two 
go-to chocolates are Hugh Kitchen. Ooh, the best. And Eating Evolved. So I'll always have like a piece of dark chocolate after dinner. I just need it. (laughs) Is it hard? Sometimes I think, you know, Allie and I are in Los Angeles and there's such an excess of access to these brands that are very clean. Yeah. That's um, why I love going to LA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, is it hard sometimes to find? Do you have to ship things? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, and that's like I, I keep saying like, you know, South Florida needs to get with it. Uh, the other parts of the country, like everywhere basically besides New York and L.A. need to like mm. not get with it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so I mostly get all of my food at Whole Foods. And they do have like a lot of the brands. Well, they have all the brands that I mentioned, but um, you have an amazing Whole Foods. We do, down here. but in a lot of parts of the country, there is no Whole yeah. Foods. So I recommend getting things shipped online. I love ThriveMarket.com. Mm. I get a lot of like my pantry staples there. Um, even if I could get it locally here, sometimes it's just cheaper on there. Yeah. Um, it is a membership, but it, it pays for itself. Um, and Amazon, I get. I'll buy things on bulk in Amazon, like I'll, sorry, on Amazon, I'll get like, I, I cook a lot of oatmeal, but I'm careful to buy like sprouted Mm. organic oats and those I buy in bulk on Amazon. So I think finding things on bulk in bulk is great too, to save money. I was going to say, it definitely keeps costs down to, to buy in bulk too. Yeah. Yeah. What oatmeal brand do you use? I'm just One Degree Organics. One degree. They have um, sprouted, certified gluten-free organic oats. Oh, wow. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, they're the <laughs> best. I love them. Um, you know, it's so amazing because your journey into food started as self-care, but now as, you know, mom of two littles and um, <laughs> you cook all the time for your blog and your Instagram <laughs> What is your self-care practice like now? What does self-care look like for you? So I wish I had more time for it, but I do try to stretch every morning. Like Mm -hmm. I wake up always feeling stiff and I'll take like, even if it's just 10 minutes on my yoga mat to just kind of move my body a little bit. I don't consider it a workout, but Mm -hmm. just doing that every morning makes me feel so good. And I wake up and drink a large cup of warm water with lemon Mm -hmm. every morning. And that's like, something I just makes me feel good. I recommend it. Um, also like once a week I'll do a good face mask. I love Coco kind, Mm, um, the chlorophyll mask. It's super clean. And I, so, you know, one night I devote to like a self care night. I put Mm. the kids to bed. It's usually like a Sunday night and I take a bubble bath. I do a face mask. I, you know, dry brushing. I, I drink a good tea and that kind of like makes me feel good going into the next week. Oh, your skin. I'm sitting across from you right now and it's, it's oh, so beautiful. So like, I just have to say, thank like, you. so what do you, <laughs> so I'm like going, but since you mentioned Coco kind and this, you know, what, what do you use as your skincare uh, routine? What is that like for you? So again, I love Coco kind. So I use, I think it's like the chia facial oil. Mm. So I use that. And then, um, I do wear sunscreen because I had so many dark spots that I had removed. I did like an IPL laser to get Mm. them all removed. And now that I have all those dark spots off, I'm like protecting my skin so much. So Mm. um, I I do put sunscreen on every day and I think that's been like huge. But um, again, I do the Coco Kind chlorophyll mask once a week. I use the Coco Kind Chia facial oil before bed every night. Mm. Um, Even like a little coconut oil, not too much Mm. though, or else. Maybe it's too I, greasy. <laughs> and Coco Kind is 
an all-natural skincare yeah, completely. Company. Like, their ingredients are so clean, you could, like, eat it. Basically. So is that is that important to you, too, with the products you oh, put on your face? Oh, a thousand percent. I made, like, the switch to all-clean, non-toxic beauty as soon as I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Mm. And I thought I was just doing it at the time because I was pregnant. And then once, you know, after that, and I had been doing it for nine months, I'm like, why would I go back to using products with harmful chemicals in them or that are toxic you know, right. and th- that was it forever. Like now I'm just hooked on all these cleaner products. It's so interesting because we just had an episode with um, this woman who similarly when she was pregnant was like, I have to start thinking about what I'm putting on my skin. And she's a beauty counter rep now. Yeah, and, I love um, beauty counter. Yeah, it, it, she's hooking us on it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But um, I use a lot of their makeup. Yeah, but it's so amazing. You know, she said she was like, we can't we don't put lead in our paint, but we put it on our lipsticks. And like, know, you know, there's so, it, it just blew my mind when we. Again, even in baby it. products, like you, you think because it's for a baby, it must be safe and it's not mm. like you really have to do your research. So, you know, for, um, babies, I highly recommend, I don't know if it's Zoe or Zoe organics. Mm. Um, Coco kind also makes great baby products and primally pure makes like a great baby soap but even being careful and you know just because it says baby doesn't mean it's safe yeah yeah um you know you're thank you so much too for taking the time to talk with us and sit with us and share so much of this great knowledge um you know for anybody to who is listening and wants to start you know for the new year and just maybe starting with one or two healthy new recipes. Are there any favorites on your website or favorite go-tos that you would recommend to someone who's like, okay, it's 2019. I'm going to take a leap now and start. I mentioned it before, but my kale pesto, just because it's so diverse, it's so healthy. It's made with like kale, basil, pine nuts. There's no dairy in it, salt, pepper, lemon, maybe garlic. I forget if I'm missing ingredient, but Again, I make like a big batch of that and I love using it on pasta. And this is like a way that we talked about where a healthy food doesn't have to be boring. Yeah. You know, you could put it on toast, um, in a rice bowl, on a salad. And it's just so, and it's like a good way to get greens in. And I I use it for more than just like a pesto on a pasta. Mm. That's probably like the recipe on my blog that I make the most. Mm. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. We... We always ask all of our guests, and you sort of alluded to this earlier, but are there any books or any podcasts that you listen to that, you know, in your own journey with doing your own research about things and healthy eating, healthy living that inspired you that you would recommend? Yeah, I love the Mind Body Green Mm, podcast. So great. And also, like, for reading, I'm on their website every day. (laughs) um, So Mind Body Green and... um, you know Kelly Levesque. What's, oh, we what's love the her. book? I read her book, Body, Body Love. Love. That book I love and I highly recommend. And also following her, like she's someone that I get a lot of my knowledge from. Mm. She's one of those people that I really trust. Like yes. anything she says, I'm like I trust you. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So yeah, I would. Um, those the Mind Body Green podcast though is one that I love. Oh. And you know, I just have one more question for you because something else I read on your website, you know, really touched me as well. Just about your courage and honestly your fearlessness but you 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 shared um how when you came back to South Florida like so many of your friends had these careers and everyone was starting to be so established and you um didn't have that you didn't find that so how did you 
of course it now led you to yeah this success that you have but how did you navigate those uncomfortable times when you were just like I <laughs> yeah. don't know what I'm doing to be honest it wasn't easy I, w- I was sad about it like I was you know watching all of my friends fall into these careers and they were getting raises and starting to go from those like entry-level salaries where they're poor to like they're making their own real money and doing mm. well and I'm like oh my god I've I'm going to have to start from the beginning because, you know, finding a career, you have to take an entry-level job. And that was making me, like, you know, giving me anxiety and making me sad. And it was something that was, like, weighing heavily on me. Um, I just kind of trusted that, like, everything happens for a reason and, like, I'm going to find what I'm meant to do. And, you know, eventually it turned into this, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm. But it was kind of just, like, waking up each day and, like, being the best person that I could be and you know, trusting that I was going to find what I was meant to do. Mm. Not that I sat around doing nothing. Like I was, a, I was like looking on sites for jobs. Yeah, of course. You know, I just wasn't finding anything that seemed like a good fit, but. No, I think faith in yourself, faith in something else. I yeah. Think, I think it, it is action oriented. Yeah. I think that's what people mistake. They're like, oh, I'm going to have faith in myself. Or I'm going to have faith in this yeah. thing greater than me, but then they're just waiting. And I yeah. think faith is really action-based yeah and I think networking too because the more people you know like the more opportunities that could arise from that Absolutely. like you never know who you're going to meet so I think just if you don't know what you want to do kind of getting out there and just meeting people yeah Oh, that's so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Um, for anybody who doesn't already follow you, where can they find you on the internet? Everything is Leah's Plate. <laughs> so um, the website is leahsplate.com, Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, everything is at Leah's Plate. Oh, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Leah. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.